0: Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Healthy and alive. <laughs> Doing well. Um, mm-hmm.
1: well Staying busy. Got painting and all that fun stuff to do. On the, mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. front. So, yeah. You settling into your new place? Uh, no. Um, painting first, carpeting, then
0: I get to settle in.
1: <laughs> right. Okay.
0: All right. Well, it, I mean, takes time, right? It Ta- takes yeah, time yeah. to do all that.
1: Yeah. The, the The carpeting was
0: kind of a surprise. Um But uh, yeah, we're 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 making do, you know, indeed. All right. Let's uh, let's go ahead and jump into some stuff here today. So let's start with. uh, All right. So Trump signed that that ridiculous spending bill of was like two trillion dollars, but nine hundred billion or something was supposed to be for the U.S. And the rest of it was going overseas. Now, I understand that that we have a foreign aid program. I get it. But we shouldn't be sending foreign aid in the form of money overseas. Kind of like the. uh, the, it. No, he signed it. Huh. What
1: I was just reading a minute ago, he he vetoed it, sent it back to Congress and said, uh, I want $2,000 and I want some of this other junk removed.
0: I thought he actually signed it and then he was, he was vetoing parts of it. So he went, he went back. Uh, did he do a signing statement? And then he, he, so he sends part of it back to, to have line changes done to it. Um,
1: let me see. Um, uh, no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm seeing that house overrides Trump veto of defense bill which was part of the 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 covid relief was tied into the NDAA.
0: Uh, I love how that they how they actually it was the NDAA. That was it. I love how they actually tie in like all the covid stuff into all this other crap. Yeah. So when when it doesn't pass or it gets vetoed, oh, look, he's keeping money away from the American people. Yeah, uh, exactly. No, but in sending- this case, he wants more. Well, I understand he wants more. He wants more to the American people. If we were going to pass a $2.4 trillion bill and all of it was going to go to the American people and American businesses, okay, all right, I, I understand that. I don't like it, but I understand it. But we're sending $10 million to Pakistan for gender studies. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We're, we're sending, we're, uh, God only knows how much money. Do, do you remember the 08 bailout? Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, we spent hundreds of millions of dollars on how to give rabbits Swedish massages. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. And and the last spending bill that they had went to shrimp on a treadmill. You couldn't make it up. I I digress. But anyway, okay, so now he wants $2,000 checks to to the U.S. uh, taxpayer?
1: Yeah, he wants uh, $2,000 uh, to each... each, American that makes under 75000 I think is what the stipulation was, and wants more for businesses, specifically restaurants. That was some of the things he was calling for.
0: I see. All right. Well, uh, the $2,000 checks, Mitch McConnell blocks a vote on the $2,000 stimulus checks. So the bill already passed through the House, and it had support of members from both parties. The media is calling yeah, it a... Right. Uh, what's that? unanimously right so yes uh, i love how the media puts a spin on it yes they say it was unanimous but it wasn't unanimous was it no no the hundred and some republicans well not just republicans but a hundred and some what was that 140 something i think or 150 yes, um it was voted like against that. there was a uh a lot of dissent in there, uh, but they say that uh, Senate Republican Majority Leader Mitch McConnell blocked the unanimous bill passage, which it wasn't unanimous, uh, offering it th- or maybe it was maybe it was unanimous in the Senate. Was it unanimous in the Senate? No. Maybe that's what they're talking about. No. OK, I, mm-hmm. I didn't see the numbers in the Senate uh, offering two thousand dollar relief checks to Americans on Tuesday. Uh, bill had already passed through the House of Representatives with support from members of both parties. Uh, the bill was yes.
1: supported by 55 Republicans supported or 44. No, it was in the 44. Senate. That's what it was. No, no. In the um in the house. 44 Republicans supported in the house. Oh, in the I Senate, I think there was 6 or 7 that were against. Um and it's the usual suspects. Um Bruce, mm-hmm. Mike Lee, Rand Paul,
0: you know. Uh-huh. Uh $2000 checks have also been endorsed by President Trump who called the $600 checks $600 checks a disgrace, which the whole bill was a disgrace in my humble opinion. Uh despite his opposition to the original bill Trump signed into law the coronavirus stimulus stimulus promising $600 checks as a government shutdown loomed and millions of Americans faced anxiety over the future. Yeah, you get shut down for a year, you get $600. That's uh that that's what we've got. 600 bucks. So what does this one entail? The gist of it that I'm aware of is
1: $2,000. What it's going to give to restaurants and small businesses, I don't know. That was one of the things he wanted, uh, he being President Trump. uh, But I'm not really sure if they're going to do anything there. The $2,000, I believe, is... earning less than 75,000. Um, I think it's still following that. That was the trend, uh, for the $600 one. I'm assuming it's the same for this one as well. Um,
0: uh, it says here that, uh, this will offer $600 for every American making less than 75 a year, but that was the last one, right? It was, it's not this one. That was, yeah,
1: that was the first, that was the was the first one. Yeah. And, and since it's gone back now, they're saying $2,000. Personally, it, here's my problem with all this. Um, first of all, it should be the individual states that should be paying for their states. Um, constitutionally, they're required to pay a fair uh, wage or, or um, compensation for any mandated lockdown, shutdown, confiscation, mm-hmm. those kind of things. They're required to pay a fair uh, compensation for it. So I, I don't know. I mean, a fair compensation would be the average wage that that business would have made in the, let's, let's say last year, right? Or if that you open the business,
0: that would be a fair compensation. Let them open their business. Yeah.
1: yeah. That I mean, let them open their business and give them some tax cuts, <sighs> cut their taxes for the next year or something. I mean, they need something. Honestly, I would say, uh, I, I would say stop taking taxes from here on out. But why? Well, no yeah. I'm, I'm okay with some taxes, uh, to be honest. I'm, I'm okay with some because I know we, we have some things that we like the government to take care of. For example, national defense.
0: That's something I'm, I'm for paying. Infrastructure. You know, okay, fair enough. But I mean, we can cut business taxes, we can cut business taxes for 24 to 36 months until we can get ourselves back up. Agreed. I mean, we can afford to take the hit for now. I mean, if the government's just going to spend, 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 fine, but we need to get that goose back laying them golden eggs. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Agreed. Possibly there could be another round of checks, a couple thousand dollar checks. Who knows? Uh, (laughs) the amount of money these idiots are spending, I mean, hell, we might as well just, uh, we, we might as well just spend our way into oblivion right now, yeah. We're on the road to Weimar anyway, so we might as well. The, uh, I mean, we're, we're, well, we're
1: just, we are. We're handing out, yeah, we are. We're just handing out money like this. So I'm, I'm kind of with Rand on this one. Rand was saying um, his, his rebuttal to this is, why don't we give him twenty thousand dollars?
0: Why not 30? We're just printing money. Just give it to them. It's kind of the same opinion. That's yeah. And that's kind of what Jim Cramer on CNBC said a while back, too. He said, look, we shouldn't be taking any. We should zero out zero out taxes until we're past all this stuff. Zero them yeah. out because the government's just going to do whatever they're going to do anyway. So we shouldn't be taking any taxes right now. None. You, you want to talk you about mean, a stimulus? You, you mean the government should be taking the hit, not the people? Wow. Oh, well, OK, explain this no, one to me. No idea. Well, yeah, right. Explain this one to me. Why is it when the government defaults on the government's debt, it's never the government's fault? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. If you can find the answer to that question, I will uh, uh, I'll concede on that one. Uh-huh. uh-huh. All right. Uh, New York. New York's taken a different approach with this run by uh, your your friend, uh, Andrew Cuomo. You know, you mm. you think really highly of him. You know that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. A d- wonderful individual. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. The New York Legislature is looking to ban evictions in the midst of a pandemic. Well, according to the uh, the CEO of BioIntech, we're going to have the pandemic for another what was it nine years? Yeah, it's probably yeah, it's, it probably won't clear up until twenty thirty. I mean, at, at which point we'll be well past this and we'll have everything in place that that needs to be in place. Something about that year. I haven't figured it out yet. Keeps coming up, though. Yeah, it keeps coming up. The New York legislature plans to meet in a special session to block eviction proceedings in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic as low-income families face billions nationwide in unpaid rent. New York real estate right now is at a premium. I saw something last week, a a, a penthouse in in a, a penthouse apartment somewhere. I, I can't remember where it was. It must have been like the Upper West Side or something. They were listing it for, I want to say it was like 48 million, but it sold for like 20. It's crazy. And for the first time, I think in in decades, the average rent price in Manhattan is below $2,000 a month. That's insane. That's insane. That is so the legislature will pass what is effectively a two-month moratorium on evictions to give renters a chance to declare financial hardship. What, why would you give them a the chance to declare financial hardship? Why don't you open the city? I mean, that's a, that seems like it's... I, I love how these governments are, are actually doing the opposite of what needs to be done. So you, you don't shut down the city in order to fix the problem, you idiots. You open the city, and then you let the chips fall where they may. And then you deal with the, uh, the fallout of that. What about that hospital ship that you had up there that you actually had to send away because it wasn't being used? What'd they take? What was it, like 50 people? And they weren't even yeah. COVID patients. Yeah. Javits. How many people did Javits treat? Four? Five? <laughs> ridiculous. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, the bill will cover all eviction processes that begin in the next month. From the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, Yeah, okay, whatever. Senator Brian Kavanaugh made this statement. You know, the guy that said... Um, Uh, We've actually got audio of him around here somewhere that says that uh, we shouldn't be looking at this as a a terrible plague that people should be afraid of. You remember that guy? Yeah. Mm. Uh huh. He says, from the beginning of COVID-19 pandemic, we have understood that the housing security must be an essential part of our effort to protect the health and well-being of all New Yorkers. We are delivering real protection for countless renters and homeowners who would otherwise be at risk of losing their homes. Well, then open the city, you moron. Why, why aren't you out there lobbying for the businesses that you're supposed to represent? How, how about you start there? Do, do any of you fools have a brain in your head? I mean, that, OK, that's a rhetorical question. Don't answer that. <laughs> that's a rhetorical question. His bill will create it's his bill. He will uh, will create a standardized form that residents facing financial hardships can fill out. I'll oh, see you can fill it out now. Nationalized housing is all this is. That's what you're doing. Yeah, you're, you're having yeah. the government guarantee you. A home. I don't think a home is guaranteed in the Constitution of the United States, is it? No. Uh, no. No, 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 no. I don't think so. Renters would submit the forms if they face l- income losses or increased costs specifically because of the pandemic. It also postpones foreclosures and tax lien sales for residential property owners. An effort to shield smaller landlords or those who own fewer than 10 rental units and homeowners. Governor Andrew Cuomo is on board with it. He uh, he said he will he will approve the measure when it gets to his desk. So mm-hmm. uh, that that's great news. That's great news. He says we have an agreement with him on how on a housing moratorium bill. He said at a press conference. As soon as that bill is passed, I'll sign it. So, see, he's mm-hmm. all in favor of of nationalizing housing. He has a deal. Interesting. No, it says that- we have an agreement with him on a housing moratorium yeah. bill.
1: Yeah, an agreement. Yeah, but that that means there's a deal. So, what's what's the what's the deal?
0: Well, it's the deal that you don't lose your home, Bruce. That's what it is. Uh huh. So basically, the deal is he's going to keep the businesses shut down so he can bring these people into abject servitude. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. That's, if I had to guess. An estimated Uh 11 million renters have fallen behind on their rent and will not be able to pay next month, according to a survey by the Census Bureau. California has also done similar things. I think they they did a thing that... uh, prevented evictions through the end of January, Connecticut, Delaware, Colorado, Hawaii. Uh, they've all done this all the way into February already. And Washington, Oregon and Nevada will block evictions until later in the crisis. It's just a, a again, it's just a it's a pretext, a uh, precursor, if you will, to to nationalize housing. That's all they're doing. Mm-hmm. So this is exactly what they did in the Soviet Union. So it's it's no, different. you know,
1: I don't like it, but they're doing this at a state level. And if a state wants to do it, go for it. it yeah, but they're not actually fixing the problem. no. No, but I also don't want to see the state come to the federal government saying, hey, we need money because uh, we Well, failed. they're doing that no. anyway. Yeah, they, they are.
0: They're, they're doing that anyway. They're saying, oh, well, we don't have any money. And, and Trump, that evil, evil fascist dictator, he's, he's withholding all of the, the federal funds to our state. Well, it's because you're behaving like a bunch of idiots. Mm-hmm. Sort your own house out. Look, I'm from Ohio. Bruce, you're from Oklahoma. If California goes bankrupt, is that our problem? Nope. Nope. That's their problem. That's California's problem. Now, I'm all in favor of of helping the union out. That's what we do, right? That's what we do. Now, in the form of help, this is what I would suggest. I would make sure that we had a financially secure state, and I would send advisors that we used to that state, sit down with you, open up your books. Of course, we couldn't do that because then we'd see all the money you stole. And then we would help you get on the, I'm trying to be polite here. We would help you get on the right track to make sure that this kind of mishap didn't happen again. Mm -hmm. That's what I would do instead of actually Mm -hmm. sending them money. That's what I would do. That's actually more generous than I would do. And I'd just be
1: like, look, you did it to yourselves. You made your own bed. Now not sleep in it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, you also have to humiliate them politically on the, on the national stage. So
1: true. I mean, I have, if a state does this, I have no remorse If a a state decides they want to go this direction, I'm sorry. I don't like it for you guys. You know, I I really wish you wouldn't have chosen that direction. However, you had the opportunity to vote. You have the opportunity to petition your government. You have the opportunity to recall your governor or senator or reps. You know, you guys need need to be more active if you don't like it that's that's my take on it
0: so I'm a bit
1: uh, I'm a bit more cold-hearted
0: <laughs> okay yeah you take the harsher approach I understand you hit him over the head with a with a ruler I understand I get it speaking of Governor Cuomo he's he's taking his own little uh, agenda on on vaccine distribution isn't he yeah, yeah. so what's he doing
1: um well he's um, flipping the bird to the elderly again. You know, the the ones we're supposed to protect uh, for this Uh uh, COVID-19, the ones that are supposed to be, you know, um, shielded from this, they're most Mm -hmm. vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Instead of giving the vaccine to the elderly, instead, he's giving
0: the vaccine to drug addicts first. Okay. So priority is going to be given to drug addicts in recovery and rehab centers. Why? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there, there's no, there's no explanation. 000. Doesn't he give an explanation?
1: Um, mm, let's see. Well, basically he says, um, these are congregate f- facilities. Uh, congregate facilities are problematic. That's where you have a lot of people in concentration. Uh-huh. That's basically what he says.
0: He says Nursing individuals. homes
1: are obviously the most problematic because they're uh-huh. congregate plus
0: uh-huh. older, vulnerable people. Okay. All right, I see. I see what he's saying here. He says individuals who administer COVID nineteen Okay, for obvious reasons, uh-huh. he says who's getting the vaccine. Uh, he then answered, "We have a priority, or we have priority populations. As we have more vaccines, the priority populations expand. Going down the list, you have number one priority, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. So, okay, he's cataloging the population. Is basically what he's doing. Mm-hmm. More vaccines, you just work your way down that list. This is going to be urgent care center employees." Individuals who are administering COVID nineteen vaccines for obvious reasons, including the local health department staff, residents of OASAS facilities. I'm not sure what they are. Is that is that one of these rehab facilities? Yeah, uh, that's the Office of Addiction Services and Supports. I got you. Okay. All right. Those are congregate facilities. Congregate facilities are more problematic. Yeah, uh, that's where you have a lot of concentration, huh? Nursing homes or, or nursing homes are obviously the most problematic. So, okay. What? But, but I'm still confused. Why wouldn't you give? Why wouldn't you give it to them for, I, I just don't understand. I, I just don't understand. I, I'm trying to figure out why we actually need one of these. I, I, I'm just, I'm still trying to get over that fact of it, is why we're entertaining a vaccine for something that kills less than, what is it, 0.3? Uh, it's like 0.1 something. Yeah. 0.13 or whatever in the hell it is? Yeah. yeah. We're, we're administering a vaccine for this, which we're going to get into some flu numbers or lack thereof here in just a minute, which that'll blow your mind. But this right here, I understand you're wanting to prioritize and everything. I, I get it. But uh, why? What? Why Why are we? I, I don't know. I just I'm expecting to see, I guess, a, uh, some, some kind of a pushback because you got the World Health Organization head of it, right? The TRIA, tri- whatever the hell his name is. Uh, mm-hmm. He says today in a statement, well, there's no way to prove that uh, the COVID vaccine is actually going to be effective against transmission. So why are we using it? hmm. People are already being reported dying from this thing. People are going into anaphylactic shock. People are having uh, facial paralysis in the form of Bell's palsy. They're having severe allergic reactions. Oh, no, nothing to see here. It's fine. Oh, uh, by the way, Bell's palsy, I learned here
1: within the last week or so. I was under the uh, impression that it, it was a temporary, you know, within six months you recovered. Nope. Uh, no, I actually know of people that have long term, like years, they've had, um, well, speech impediment basically because of you know a part of their faces um uh, i i guess the, the weather's just right or something i don't know but it, it triggers it again and they lose some of the function of one, the whatever side of the face it was that they had uh bell's palsy on
0: uh yeah safe to say i'm not going to be out there doing that to myself so all right anyway Uh, Anything else on Cuomo? Uh,
1: Plenty more on Cuomo, but I can't say it here because of... um,
0: Terms of service? Terms of service. CDC reports a record low positive flu tests. Well, we talked about the flu cases, right? The flu cases Mm -hmm. are actually so low that the CDC... uh, We went to the CDC's website and looked at those. The flu cases are actually so low that they can't actually extrapolate any amount of data to put it out to give you an accurate report on it. So everything's being recorded as COVID. I got people telling me that they know people that are in the hospital with COVID. And I I always ask, I say actual COVID or the flu, and it's counted as COVID. And they say no actual COVID. So it's it, like the question's a trick question. So when I ask them that, because everything's being counted as, as COVID. hmm what did you say the price difference was if there was an admission, a hospital admission? So if they get tested um, and it's a positive test, they get a certain amount. If they get admitted, yeah. then they get another amount. It was like fourteen thousand or something.
1: Yeah, it was like fourteen thousand. Yeah, and then if you're um, put on a ventilator, it's like thirty thousand or something like that. So I mean, there's when when you've ended all um, elective surgeries, uh,
0: you're incentivizing hospitals to falsify data. Uh, yeah. So, um, again, the flu numbers are remarkably down. So in week 51, so this week, right? This is a 50 for, no, no, I'm sorry. This 52nd, 51st week. So the 13th through the 19th. Okay. They're counting that week in week 51 of the CDC's flu view is what they call it. Data monitoring system. <laughs> are you ready for this? How many? All right, Bruce, I'm going to, we're going to play a guessing game here in that week nationwide. Okay. Nationwide, in that week, the 13th through the 19th. Okay, so right. a couple of weeks ago, how many cases of the flu do you think were documented? Positive cases of the flu were documented in the entire nation.
1: Mm, uh,
0: wow, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say two. No, it's a little higher than that. To be fair, it was 36. 36, okay. 36. 36 cases of the flu. That's all that were documented was just that. In flu season. In flu season, right? Mm -hmm. Guess how many they had last year, the same time, December 13th through the 19th in 2019.
1: I'm going to guess it's going to be the COVID numbers this year.
0: Well, that I don't have an answer on. Positive flu numbers last year during the... Uh, flu season, 7,703. So somehow or another, we have miraculously cured the seasonal flu. Somehow. I haven't quite figured out how we've done that yet. The positivity rate has sharply declined this calendar year. So as only <laughs> 0.10% of tests taken this year came back positive. The fu- Now listen to this. The five-year average for flu. Now we're not talking about deaths here. We're talking about positive cases of the flu of influenza, the five-year average for positive cases of the flu is 15.8%, and we're a tenth of a percent now. Uh, How many did you say was reported? Which time?
1: Uh, The COVID cases, or not COVID, but the um, The flu
0: flu cases from last year. Last year, seventh, Mm -hmm. just that week is all. Just that week, yeah. Just that week, the 13th through the 19th, 7,703. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I guess it's it's kind of, what do you have? it's it's kind of difficult
1: to find that information because they're counting everything as covid right now.
0: Yeah, that's just it. You can't you can't find any of this other information. So everything's being flipped and I'm sure it's the same all over the world. That's that's what they're doing. So the data comes in defense or in defiance of the <clears throat> Twin Demic, right? Concerns. Do you remember? Do you remember early summer they were floating this idea past uh, the Lord and Savior, Doctor Anthony Fauci, saying that, mm-hmm. oh, what's this going to do if this merges with the seasonal flu, and and then we get a deadlier strain and all that stuff?" Well, how do we know that? How do we know that? We don't. We don't because you're you're counting everything as COVID. The data comes in defiance of the twin-demic concerns perpetuated by medical experts or the idea that the raging coronavirus pandemic and the seasonal increase in reported flu cases would converge with catastrophic results. Isn't that what we were told about the middle of summer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Watch out for that flu season, right? Have you heard anything about a flu season this year? Anything? No. Have you seen anything about even a cold season this year? You haven't, have you? Nothing?
1: No. And it's not like they've disappeared which, because people in my life, um, i have pneumonia, I've seen people with mm-hmm. um, flu symptoms or your average cold. I've had average flu symptoms uh, a few weeks ago, which, I mean, could have been Corona or it could have been the flu. I don't mm-hmm.
0: know, because I'm not going to go in and get tested for it. Dr. Brian Garibaldi. Of the who is the medical director of the Johns Hopkins University Biocontainment Unit, which they've been so accurate in all of their numbers, haven't they? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Since the start of this thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. He actually went on record and said that we have to, he said this back in the summer. He says, we have to be concerned about the possibility of having a surge in flu at the same time as we're seeing a surge in COVID. Oh. Yeah. In any given winter, he went on to say this, in any given winter, hospitals are taxed by the flu. It's flu season right now, isn't it? Yeah, I thought
1: so. I mean, sort of tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've talked about how capacity works in hospitals before. Uh huh. It's not capacity works by, they only open enough beds that they need, right? So it, the hospitals right. are usually always at 95% capacity. It's more efficient that way.
0: And they actually close oh. down floors that they don't need. Right. Which there's a lot of hospitals around here that have been doing that because elective surgeries have been closed. He says in any given winter hospitals are taxed by the flu. There's always a concern that our emergency departments will be overwhelmed and ICU capacity will be strained due to the concurrence of flu and COVID-19 outbreaks, particularly with people who have coexisting conditions that then get influenza. The overlap of COVID-19 and the flu season prevent or presents a perfect storm and we aren't taking any chances. That was Governor Doug Ducey of Arizona who said that. We are approaching this fall with a proactive mindset and a plan of action to limit the impact of the flu and preserve hospital resources. But I thought the hospitals were overrun now. You know, Marty sent me a video today of hospitals in the UK that are overrun, right? I'm doing the air quotes, overrun. The woman walks in holding the camera phone. Guess what? Guess what? Hospital's empty. It's a ghost town. There's no one in there. Except for the people that work there, and that's supposedly an overrun hospital. I mean, are we surprised? It, there is actually a, a legitimate
1: concern with hospitals uh, to where the staff are actually getting laid off because no elective surgeries, so the hospitals are at you know reduced capacity, if you will, and then staff are or furloughed. And then what happens if there is a spike or there is an emergency or something um, like, well, I don't know, a, a bombing and a bunch of people get injured, right? Thankfully, not a lot of people were injured with the Nashville one, but you you get the point. What if there's an emergency and you need those uh, staff? Well, because of COVID and the whole restrictions... They've been furloughed mm-hmm. it's kind of a perfect storm for an emergency situation, isn't it Well
0: uh, yeah but look at how they're blowing all this out of proportion anyway I mean the average person can understand that the hospitals are not being overrun that is if you actually go out and you look so you actually have to go out and you have to look that's that's the thing here is you have to go out and you have to see this for yourself the average person I think isn't doing that they're not doing that what what do you do you you sit at home in front of your TV you, you do what you watch Fox News? You watch MSNBC, you watch CNN, you watch CBS. That's where you get your news. You go to social media. Well, everything on there is becoming more and more controlled, isn't it? See, they want to shut down all avenues of information. So you get a single source of the same message over and over again. Bruce, did I ever send you that video of all of the local mainstream media affiliates around the country? <laughs> did I ever send you yeah. that?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've seen I've seen multiple uh, different compilations for different... Um Um, events, shall we say. Mm -hmm. And they all say the same thing, worded slightly different, but they use most of the time they use the same wordage and everything.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's that's precisely what they're doing here is they're trying to control a single message. They're trying to convey a single message. You know, I've been sitting here thinking that. It's the CCP that's driving most of this, which, okay, they're they're taking most of this lockdown stuff from uh, from China that I get, but they're not alone in it. I mean, there's plenty of blame to go there. Don't get me wrong, but they're not alone in it. If you look around at a lot of these Western countries, right, the countries here in Europe, the ones that uh, uh, the ones that are on the North American side, Canada, the United States, uh, Mexico, parts of Central and South America, Um, you know, all across Europe. What is happening? What is happening? We're all being told the same thing. Albeit those of us that are looking at it from more than one place, we can actually see that. But the average person out there isn't seeing it. You're seeing the message to your country. Countries are now in the process of being isolated. What do you do psychologically, if you want to get someone dependent on you, you isolate them, don't you? You isolate them. Think about it as uh, think of it like being in an abusive relationship. OK, think of it like that. So when you're in this relationship and you have someone in that relationship, probably the guy who's controlling the woman, what happens? He starts cutting off her access to things, right? Associations, driving cars, going out shopping, this and that. Isn't, isn't that how it usually goes? Uh,
1: yeah, uh, lots of gaslighting as
0: well. Right. Um causing confusion, uh guilt tripping. Uh-huh. And everything you just mentioned there, are we or are we not seeing that turn back on us, the average citizen? <laughs> yeah. So we're in this state this state of being isolated, psychologically, physically, mentally, all of it. They're in the process of trying to break everyone's will through doing this. They're shutting down your business. They're taking everything you got. You turn on the TV, whatever. There's no hope. Right. It's uh, this is what you need to do. But It's all confusion because they change everything on you all the time, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Now it's, well, we're going to have to close everything down. uh, And there's a a curfew with this one. Well, what's the curfew for? Why that? That that doesn't make any sense. Is there some kind of scientific data to show that that, uh, the spread of COVID-19 is higher after the hours of 10 p.m. and then it stops at 5 a.m.? Is there some kind of scientific data to show that? It's worse than that. It's...
1: them saying, because you didn't do what you were supposed to, uh-huh. now we have to shut down even further and we're uh-huh. going to have to do curfews okay. because right. you didn't do what you were supposed okay. to.
0: All right. Well, let's let's look at it like this. Let's look at it like, let, let's turn the tables a little bit here. Let's look at it from the average person's point of view. And let's look at the government in that same respect. These people are not doing what they're supposed to do. And that is stand up for the average person on the street. So I I don't buy this that we have to be dictated to from upon high by a bunch of know-nothing losers in public health departments that have been wrong about everything, I might add. Can you tell I'm getting fired up? So I turn it back to them. I turn it back on the the low-life, know-nothing politician that thinks that they're doing everything correctly. No one has the gall to stand up there and call these people out. For what they're doing. Everyone's so quick to judge all members of the public. Oh, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And more than that, you're promoting all this crap on social media, getting the mobs turned on everybody saying, oh, well, thanks, because you're the reason talking to the average person out there that's looking at everyone else. That, see that's what it's designed to do. It's designed to tie us up and turn us against each other while we don't look at the real ones that are perpetuating all of this and go after them. See, I've said it from the start. You want COVID to end? Well, then you just have to ignore it you have to ignore it. You have to go about your life. You have to open your business. They're going to do whatever they're going to do anyway. It's going to happen that way. But if you really want this to stop and you want it to stop peacefully, well then go about your life. But see, it comes down to, well, I don't want to bother anybody. I don't want to upset anybody. Are you being bothered? Are you being upset by the, the, uh, the agendas that are being pushed on you? What did you do? the average person out there who has a business that's in the process of probably losing it, or you're sitting around a kitchen table right now trying to figure out how you're going to put food on the table when the government's throwing you $600. See, by the isolation, by the cutting off of everything else, by the cutting off and and, uh, getting us out of our social groups, especially churches, well, then we can't mount any kind of an effective resistance against that, can we? We become more and more isolated and then psychologically we believe that we will look to whoever's causing this to be our saviors, when in fact they're the ones that are not that. We're the ones that should be going after them. So I don't look at this as, oh, well, you're doing this incorrectly. You're not doing this. We, we have to do this because uh, you didn't do this the way you're supposed to do it. Well, how in the hell are you supposed to make sense of anything when you have a bunch of idiots that have been incorrect about everything, changing everything on you all of the time? causing that confusion so nothing ever ends so that that I think is the bigger point here that people just don't get everyone here's tied up and and messed around with this or messing around with this uh oh we're, we're not doing what we're supposed to do don't you get it they've given us a problem with no solution you can't find a solution to this that they've created I mean there is a solution uh I don't want it to go to that. uh, And I have to be very careful about what I say here. But there is a solution to this. uh, And that solution will be reached one way or another, uh, because you and I were speaking privately before all this. And I think that's probably what it's going to take. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I hear a lot of people on other podcasts and other uh, other talks, uh, talk shows and and all of that. And I think to myself, okay, you're hearing a lot of uh, a lot of talk. You're hearing a lot of Uh, I guess you're hearing a lot of problems, but you're not hearing any solutions. Well, I think everybody wants a solution. Everybody wants this to stop, but nobody wants to stand up and do it. Nobody wants to take that step. And I I honestly, I don't think people are ready to take the necessary steps in order to fix this problem. And I think it's going to require, um, shall we say, uh, let me put it this way, a government is watching you protest. Are they listening? You're out there protesting, and and fine, I, I understand, but you're protesting in California, you're protesting in New York, you're protesting in France, you're protesting in Germany, the UK, all the rest of it. The question I'm asking is, is the government actually listening to your protest? You see, they're banning the protest because it makes them look like abject fools more than what they already are anyway. So they're banning the protest, but you can protest anything else. You just can't protest what the government's doing. Well, that doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense, does it? It's not meant to make any sense. It's meant to target and shut down political opposition. Churches, for example, places of worship. There's no evidence to to show that churches are responsible for, for an increase in cases. None. We're basing this all on jacked up PCR tests. So they know that people of faith will get together and start comparing notes about what needs to be done to fix this. And they can't have that. So protests are only going to go so far. So I don't take that, uh, uh, that, that idea that, uh, oh, well, we're not doing what we're supposed to do. It's not a matter of doing what we're supposed to do because there's no solution to this. You can do everything that they tell you to do, and it's still not going to be enough. You bend a knee to this, and it just gets worse. You notice that. You went along with it in, uh, in the last time and then the time before that, and now look where you're at. So by capitulating and by not actually pushing back, and when I say actually pushing back, these people haven't seen any resistance yet. None. You think you're going out there and you're holding up a sign and you're chanting, uh, you know, get the bums out of office. You think that's actually going to be some kind of a resistance to this? It's not. The most important thing to understand is that these governments at this moment are terrified about what they're doing. They know what they're doing is wrong. They know what they're doing is wrong. They're terrified of what they're doing. All you have to do is look at them. Just look at them. You don't have you don't even have to say anything. Just look at them. Do you see how pathetic these people look? All I want and I think all any of us want is a leader. To stand up and do what needs to be done, and I'm not talking about some horrible dictator. That's not what I'm talking about. We want to see someone actually emerge and show some leadership and push back on this peacefully, of course, and actually dull it back. But see, every single bit of opposition is being shut down. Jumping I don't know on. that I, I don't know that I really want a leader to this. Just like, uh, I, I want, want people to. I want people to show. Leadership, not not a single one. Maybe, yes. maybe I should have been more specific. I want people to show leadership because these people that are in office, man, they're not leaders. They're loser followers. They're 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 pathetic. They're weak. They're spineless, and they don't even know what they're doing. Most of them. If you give the average person in Congress or a se- or the Senate an IQ test, if you give an average person in politics, you give them an IQ test, they are as dumb as a bag of hair.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I just want to. I agree. I want to see people, more people, stand up. Uh, around the country i I know we have conservative media and some of the others that are saying more or less the same thing we're talking about but you don't really see any the average people out there doing anything i mean are (laughs) are the business owners and the employees going back to work or are they the employees sitting at home enjoying the extra unemployment they get you know are, are are you guys just willfully handing over your freedoms your um liberties your life your livelihood. You're just willing to sit back and ah? we got Netflix.
0: Government's going to send us some money. It's all good. And that's it. That's it. That's what people are doing. They're, they're sitting there and they're, you know, are, even the OK, take those people out of it. Let's look at the ones that are going along with it. You know, the ones that are out there taking temperatures and writing down little whatever on their clipboards. You idiots are going to get put out of a job, too, by the way. You, you think you're going to be uh, involved in that? You, you think you're going to have some kind of a future in that going along with that? I mean, if it were me, thank God it's not me because I would crack that that clipboard over whoever my supervisor's head would be. But that's just me for being so inept in the face of all of it and just going along with it like some yes person. You know, I I look at these people and I I think to myself, you think you're going to have some kind of a future in this? You're not. You're the one that's going to be sent home, made non-essential, and you're going to be that person sitting in front of your television, getting your twelve hundred bucks, taking a covid vaccine every six months, getting your little uh, approval to go out and do whatever. But then you have to come back home. You don't have a future in that. Your family doesn't have a future in that. It's the same thing when I see uh, cops going out there enforcing this. You know, here's the thing. Nobody's a bigger supporter of law enforcement than me, amongst other people that are uh, that, that are doing nearly the same thing here. You've got to understand, people like myself, people like Bruce, and everybody else we have on around here, you have to understand, if you're a law enforcement officer, we're on your side until you're not on ours. You don't have a future in that either. And you can tie that up to to whatever. You can tie that up to unconstitutional and illegal orders, okay. But you're in these cities, and you're enforcing this stuff on these businesses for What? For an administration and a city council that wants to defund and and get rid of you? Tell me how much sense that makes. And you say, OK, well, I've got obligations. I'm, I've got responsibilities. I've got a mortgage. I've got uh, a pension. I'm a few years away from retirement. They're going to take all that from you what good is it? What good is it? Hmm. Congrats. We're, we're all in this together, right? You're, oh, you're yeah. worried about your
1: pension and you're, what about, what about my generation and the ones coming after us? We have no social security. We have nothing. The pensions that you guys are taking. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, the pensions that we would get, we're not going to get. Why? Because the government spent it. Where the, where the hell is the, the generations before us? Where are you guys standing up? I mean, now it falls on us because we're old enough to stand up for ourselves, which, you know, a lot of them have been indoctrinated by the generation before us into Marxism and think socialism. Hippies, the, the yeah, the hippies, and now here we are. Those of you that are entrepreneurs and are out there, you know, have your own businesses and whatnot. You guys are being shut down. Where it's just it's so frustrating because there's so many different angles they're coming at us from. The American people are just like, yeah, whatever, right, okay. I, I got mine. Yeah, you're not going to have it for much longer. You keep it up, and I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure that law enforcement and these other groups politicians, all of them. I'm not even sure that they're doing this, hoping they're going to have a seat at the table. I think they're just doing this because they're convinced they're doing the right thing. Uh,
0: now, you're giving them too much credit, man. I, I really think that you're giving them too much credit. I don't think they think that at all. I think they are exactly what maybe I, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. It's just my opinion, differing of opinion, I guess. But um, mm-hmm. I think they are just I think they know exactly what they're doing, but they're just spineless. They're gutless. They're cowards. And they won't stand up to it because they don't stand for anything. They stand for nothing. They don't believe in any of this stuff because they don't believe in themselves to do the right thing. Yeah.
1: I, uh, on the uh, um, flip side, I actually think that's giving them too much credit because that gives them some intelligence about them. And these politicians. Fair point. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a fair point. Like I said, most of them couldn't pass an IQ test to save their lives uh, because they are that. I mean, you know, when, when I see the average uh, Republican yeah, I'll pick on Republicans. Democrats, I mean, as far as I'm concerned at this point, if you're a Democrat politician, you're a lost cause. Uh, Republicans, boy, you're really pushing it. Uh, I'd, I'd say most of you are lost causes, not all of you. There's a few of you left. But the average Republican that I can see that sits in the state legislature, and I'm using the testimonies that Giuliani and company were taking to uh, the state legislatures that I was watching on OAN, and these idiot, stupid kid Republican state legislatures somehow or another got in there. And, and they're up there making jokes, uh, acting all effeminate and, uh, and, and silly and cute and funny. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you idiot, this is not funny. Th- this is not funny. I-, I don't know who in the hell you think you are. I don't give a damn if you're a state legislature. I don't care if you're the governor. Hell, I don't care if you're President Trump. This is not funny. This is not a game. What's coming? This is going to be a wild ride. And for those of you that are not paying attention, you're going to be paying attention real fast. And you're going to get a rude awakening on the horizon. If you're not paying attention, it's too late for you. I, I honestly believe that. Yeah. If you're not paying attention, I think it's almost too late at this point. And the average person that is starting to get it, maybe they haven't quite gotten all of it yet, but they're starting to get it. They're terrified because, I mean, we we know this, right? We know, we've known all this for a long time. So it doesn't shock us. The shock value left a long time ago. For me, it left more than a decade ago. So I'm not surprised by any of this. I had somebody, uh, bless her heart, I had somebody yesterday send me uh, something from uh, a news outlet about uh, vaccine passports and said, my God, have you seen this? Bruce, how long we've been talking about uh, passports for uh, vaccines? Well, since the pandemic, because Uh we
1: were talking about social credit scoring passports before that. And we've seen that the pandemic would fit right in with the social credit scoring system
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, for passports and control. I, I just well, want I mean, people to get it, but and 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 it's very difficult because they don't. At, at least this person seen something was off. You know, at least yeah. they're somewhat awake. But uh, again, if you haven't already prepared, th- this is this is kind of where I'm at. If you haven't prepared and you don't know what's coming and you don't already have preparations for what's coming i kind of feel like it's too late for you because it's so close to happening right now we're in the we're in the thick of them shutting us down trying to trigger the great reset if you don't have preparations like food or um you're not out of debt uh things like i hate to say it but ammunition and and uh you know firearms I i don't know man i i kind of feel like you're going to be left out in the cold when this happens when this goes down
0: Um, Let's spend the last few minutes here on uh, AMC. There was a kid that got kicked out of an AMC theater for not wearing a mask. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So Uh, excuse me,
0: there was a disabled
1: kid. Yes. The family was wearing a mask. Um, The kid in question was in a stroller. So, you know, like in the toddler range or younger, and they're exempt from wearing a mask. Not only because of the age, but also because of um, health conditions, and they were still thrown out by AMC. Uh, AMC actually called the cops on them and had the cops escort them out.
0: Do you know what? I think this is the difference between myself and and an average cop out there. If someone w- – let's say, for example, I, maybe – let's see where you're at on this, Bruce, because this is what I would do, because I heard this example and I can identify with it because this is precisely what I would do. If someone came up to me, let's say I was a cop. Okay. Let's say, and Bruce, let's say you were a cop mm-hmm. and let's say you and I were, were working a squad car. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you and I took that call, right? So the, the call came to us because it was in, in our, uh, our district. So we, we went there. Okay. We, we responded to the call. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but here's what I would say. If, as soon as we would get in there and we would talk to the, uh, the staff and they would say, oh, yeah, we got this uh, person here who's not wearing a mask. And um, yeah, we're, we're, we're just we, we've got a lot of alarmed people here and scared people. You know what I would say? So that would be my initial reaction. Uh, the problem is, is it being a
1: private business? If they say we want them removed from the premises and the family is refusing to leave as law enforcement, that's one of your duties unfortunately. It's private property. They want them removed. Well, you're you're kind of bound by law to do that. Am I going to give the business an earful? you damn right I am, but I'll still do my job in the process. And I would probably make it public as well.
0: Okay. From From the standpoint of a business asking someone to leave, yes, I'm on with that. But I would make it clear, at least to the people that are being escorted out, I would make it clear that the people that are having them leave, having us escort them out, I would make sure that they would explain why. Yes. Because I think that's just pathetic. Now, in the manners of a private business, I mean, I I really can't say a whole lot there. But the only thing I can say at this point is if you're a business, okay, because let's look at this in a different way, because businesses, let's be honest here, the corporate, the corporate businesses, they're the ones that are being leveraged here to take our rights, are they not? Yeah, they are. So, this is the problem. Governments in the 20th century would come straight after your rights. They would use the authoritarian power of the state to take your rights. You notice they're not doing that now. Not in, a, not in that sense. Mm-hmm. They're actually using the corporations... See, they're essential. You notice they're essential. I went past uh, a whole bunch of businesses yesterday. Well, excuse me, a whole bunch of places that used to be businesses. They're now closed. Yet 50 feet in the other direction, there's a whole bunch of stores open. Guess what? They were all corporate chains. Yep. You see, they are allowed to stay open. They're being used as leverage to leverage out that competition. You, the mom and pop, you're being shut down. The businesses are being leveraged to take our rights as people, regardless if we have businesses or not. So at some point, at some point, you can argue, well, private business, but where do we draw the line? Because we're going to have to start pushing back on these businesses because now the corporate businesses are being leveraged to take our rights using the power of the state. If they don't play ball, well, then the corporation gets shut down by people like the World Economic Forum. Have you been over to the World Economic Forum's website? Have you looked at the corporations that are involved with them? And then, have you noticed that coincidentally that these are the essential companies? These are the essential businesses? Because they're all in on it. It's not a coincidence. Walmart, Target, Amazon, they're all there. The banks, the banks are bust, by the way, if you didn't know. But at some point, there's going to have to be a pushback on the corporations themselves. Or, or... A corporation themselves is going to have to step up, but I know that's probably asking a whole lot because they're a publicly traded company, right?
1: I, but, I don't know. There might be there might be some corporations that would stand up. I mean, there there is a few that might, but I mean, there, I know there's a few that have kind of taken um, taken sides, if you will. They're they're saying we're not going to fund the Marxist
0: craziness. I also think it'll start to happen when you start to see businesses such as Walmart and Target right? The big boxes. Yes, they're allowed to remain open, but let's look at it like this. Their margins are going to start taking a hit too. Do you know why? Because the people that they have jumped on board with in Switzerland, the ones that they have jumped on board with, they're going to start limiting their capacity to do business. Oh, you think you could get away with this, huh? You thought you could get out from underneath of this? You thought, oh yeah, we're exempt. No, you're not. You're going to go down too. Nothing survives. In this new system. When I say everything has to be bulldozed under the great reset, everything has to go. All of it. And so corporations at some point are gonna have to make a stand. They're gonna have to push back.
1: Or it's already a lost cause and they're all on board with the whole socialist um well corporations, it, you know.
0: Yeah, and that's I mean that was the argument that I had with GP a long time ago. He says, Oh, the corporations aren't socialists. So the corporations will do whatever they're told. So if the corporations historically that's what they do, if the corporations are told, well, uh, you can do whatever you want, you can make uh, this amount of profit, but we need you to do this. So if a corporation says, all right, well, we want to make all of this, and, and we want to do this, but the state doesn't care. Okay the, the state doesn't care what you do. They want you to implement their agenda. This is exactly what happened in Nazi Germany. The government was fascist in Nazi Germany, but the economy was not. understand that. It wasn't a fascist economy, okay? It was a, dict- a sense of dictatorial capitalism. That's precisely what they're doing here. They're recreating the same thing under un, under a different guise this time. so they've brought it up to the modern age. So look at it like this, okay? the nazis would go to the corporations in germany at the time and they said they would say okay you can do whatever you want you can earn all the profit you want however germany needs x y and z okay so you you need uh whatever You, you need you need to do one two and three and then we'll let you do whatever you want you can have a free hand this is being done the same exact way isn't it the big corporations are being told you can stay open you're essential You can earn as much money as you want, but yet we need X, Y, and Z as the state. We need you to do social distancing. We need you to do masking. We need you to do hand sanitizer, right? Same thing. It's the same tactic. It's brought up to the new era. Stop thinking in the old century. Stop thinking in the 20th century. This is 21st century warfare. The tactics have changed, but the game remains the same. So the corporations will go either way. It doesn't matter. They just want to earn money. A corporation cares about their bottom line. They don't care about anything else. They care about bottom line, profit, profit, profit. That's all they care about. You hear people that are out there on the left, like Bernie Sanders and stuff. They're championing, oh, well, corporations don't pay any taxes and this and that. But you never hear them going after the corporations for anything that actually matters. Where's Bernie Sanders going after the corporations for taking people's rights? Have you heard him say anything about that? You haven't, have you? I certainly haven't. Maybe I've missed it. I uh, well um i i think it's kind of ironic that they go for that
1: because those same politicians don't pay any taxes and get paid right. under
0: the table so yeah and he's got like what he's got a house on a private island and how many houses how many cars mm. And yeah man of the people man of the people mm. all right we're out mm. of time today bruce anything else you got no,
1: I think that'll cover it.
0: For those of you who would like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. You can get in contact with me over there. I'm at Jay Anderson3, or you can get in contact with Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you want to reach out to us and you don't want to do it on social media, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow our audience here as much as possible, but we do need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass us along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts with the exception of SoundCloud. Right, Bruce? SoundCloud? That's the only one we're not on. Yeah. <laughs> You don't like SoundCloud, do you? <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan. I'm not either. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts or any other respective platform you listen to us on and give us a rating, or you can drop us a comment on there as well if they have a commenting site, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Bruce, thank you for your time tonight. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening. Because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you, and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.